This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. The Pope and Young Club wants to welcome you as we rally together to ensure our bow hunting opportunities for today and tomorrow. You've come to the podcast that believes in preserving, protecting, and promoting the passion for bow hunting. Join us as we strive to be the voice of today's bow hunter. This is the Pope and Young Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Pope and Young Podcast. Jason Roundsville here, joined as always by my co host, Dylan Ray. And we have with us today from the john v mesh memorial foundation we have jim mesh jim welcome to the podcast thank you jason thanks dylan thanks for having me absolutely yeah you bet this is um you know this is something different when 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 you guys started talking gosh i think it's been about ah it's been a little over a year now um since you came on board with Pope and young and this was something truly unique. I mean, I've been in the outdoor industry for 30 years and, and this is something truly unique and really piques my curiosity. Um, and, and just your, your sense of, of pride. So Jim, can you tell us, um, you know, give us a background about you and then, then tell us about the foundation, the memorial. Absolutely. Uh, I was born uh, with seven siblings was uh, total when my mom and dad were finished having kids. We had uh, eight of us kids and just grew up in an outdoor loving environment. I mean, grew up uh, hunting, fishing, camping, just anything outdoors was uh, what we loved to do. And then I have a uh, older brother, Mike, who started archery hunting. Um when he got to be a young adult and he just got me and my, my, uh, other three brothers, uh, addicted to it. So John, my brother, John was a Kansas city firefighter. And in, uh, October 12, 2015, he was killed in the line of duty in an arson fire. Uh, when he passed away, uh, John Cerna, who is a driver of the pumper my brother worked on, approached me and said, Hey, we need to do some kind of, uh, charity or foundation or something in John's memory. Uh, he says, what do you think about that? And I said, yeah, let's do it. So we established the John V. Mesh Memorial Scholarship, which is an outdoor based, uh, 501c3 that does everything for kids, whether it be, uh, kids that are pursuing careers in conservation in college, we give uh, college scholarships, uh, we do the uh, Missouri Department of Conservation's Discover Nature Girls Camp. My brother has four daughters, and they all, you know, were 
all four of them at the time of this passing hadn't even graduated high school, but they've all shot deer and turkey. So, you know, we was passing that tradition along to them as well and my own kids and stuff like that. So we figured an outdoor-based charity would be right up our alley. So that's what the John V. Mesh Memorial Scholarship does. That's outstanding. Um, you always wonder, you know, you know, we're all, our, our time will all get called. And you wonder that when you go, how your legacy will be once you're gone. And I would have to think, I, I didn't have the privilege of knowing John, but I would think that he would really appreciate and be proud of, of his legacy and what you guys have done to carry it on. Yeah, it's sort of a running joke, so to speak, because of everybody's like, your brother's so mad because he was one of those guys that didn't seek any attention or didn't like any limelight. Uh, there was a running joke on the fire department that John started tradition that whenever he was fighting the house fire or whatever the case may be, if you know, they would call the news crews would come and this, that, and the other. And if you got captured on camera by the news and they showed you on TV, you owe donuts. So the guy that got caught on the news with old donuts. So John was just, he would never, he didn't want to be in front of the camera is the moral story. So that's the running joke is your brother's so mad right now. But that being said, I know for a fact that he is proud of what we're doing and uh, proud to see that his legacy is helping out so many kids getting to the outdoors. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, ho hopefully he got some Krispy Kreme stock because he's, He's uh, definitely in front of the camera now and, and for good reason. And I think that's fantastic when you see all the different, you know, scholarship opportunities that are out there as a wildlife biology major. Um, it, you know, it's neat to see that, that you got that, that there's support for folks going into wildlife conservation. So now is when you guys are determining these is, is having, Having hunted or participated in hunting, is that part of the questionnaire? Absolutely not. Uh, we have kids that, uh, uh, like we've had a couple kids we've given scholarships yeah. to that are pursuing a career in, in conservation. They want to be, <coughs> excuse me, conservation agents. Or one young man has um, actually graduated from Kansas State University, and he wants to be a U.S. Fish and Wildlife agent. So we helped him out with his student debt for his senior year. Uh, we do the uh, we're the premier sponsor for the university hunting program uh, here at the University of Missouri, which actually allows um, college-age kids that have never been introduced to the outdoors to go out with the guys from Delta Waterfowl and get introduced to duck hunting and to the outdoors and shooting guns and stuff like that. So in the future, when you know they're at a time in their lives where they'll be having children pretty soon, that they can introduce their kids to the outdoors. So yeah, we're we're just trying to get everyone involved in the outdoors and wow. and enjoy what we grew up enjoying. You know, and it's there's a movement, you know, at least nationally, if not internationally, you know the the three R movement, uh, recruit, retain, and um, what is it re. I think it's get them back. So um, whatever that R is, I, I'm, I'm yeah. drawing a blank right now. <laughs> anyway, and so there's all this energy all across the country for for recruiting new hunters and getting people into the hunting community. And it's nice to see that, you know, not everybody gets bogged down in the in the red tape. You guys just go out and do it. Yes, we're very, uh, we're blessed in the fact that uh, we are a, you know, small local charity, so to speak. Uh, we're trying to, you know, get gain, gather recognition and, you know, that's part of their, the partnership with you guys is to get, get, uh, get our name out yeah. there, not only for publicity for ourselves, but to, you know, get people involved with Pope and Young and this, that, and the other, but it, it just wanting to get kids out there is, you know, what we all have in common. Yeah. You know, just, just brainstorming here. I almost wonder if we can't get, uh, one of your, uh, recipients, you know, your, your scholarship recipients, even to come in and, and do a talk, a breakout session, maybe even at convention this next year in April. Absolutely. We have, uh, yep. we definitely have a couple guys that I uh, wouldn't, 
I'm pretty sure would love to do it. Okay. Yeah, that might be good. We could we could uh, have that for our attendees and then even uh, set it up on a like a Facebook Live or, or something like that where people could see it. And I think, what do you think, Dylan? I think that'd be cool. Really cool. Yeah, I think people would like to see that. It's just something, you know, it's something just different and unique. The the approach that you're doing is is something that I just hadn't seen before. So yeah. it's um very good. So so who was a better hunter, you or your brother? Oh <laughs> that's the big hey, I'll put you on the spot. Doesn't I, bother I, me. I'm the one with I you know I, I did I do a lot of hunting with uh my brother Mark and my brother Mike and then uh, obviously John before he passed away. And out of all of us, I was the one that got, oh, you know, just get so fired up and like, calm down, calm down. And they were all more calm and collected. Uh, I would say I would give them that. But as far as producing game, uh, I would have to say that I've shot the biggest deer out of the group. Well, besides my brother, Mark, but he, he shot a 20 or back in the day. But uh, between me and John, I've I shot a bigger deer than him. All right. So that, that's skirting it a little bit, but you know, you, you jumped in there. So we'll take that. Yeah. That's, uh, that's fun. And, uh, so you mentioned hunting and fishing is what's your favorite thing to chase? Whitetails with a bow. That's, that's all I do is archery hunt. Uh, as Dylan knows, uh, I just got back from, uh, uh harvesting my first mountain lion here in December with my bow. Oh, wow. Then, that was a cool story. Very oh, cool story. It was I'll tell you what, that was something that was the hardest hunt I've ever done. And uh, just to go into that a little bit, uh, on October 11th, 2015, my wife had a surprise birthday for me, a 50th birthday party. And uh, while I was working that day, and she was like, hey, we're going to have this party. None of your brothers or sisters can come, but you got some friends that want to you know, get together. So I said, okay, so when I get to this thing, all my brothers and sisters are there. So me and my brothers and a couple other guys that we hunt with went up in this little room, had a fireplace. We was watching college football and we got on the subject of bucket list hunts. And my brother, John was like, Oh, I want to do an elk. And my other brother was like a bear. And I was like, yeah, I want to do a mountain lion or a, a grizzly with my bow. And uh, so we were all talking about this, that, and the other. And at the end of the conversation, my brother, John says, uh, yeah, we need to start doing these hunts before something happens. We can no longer do them. Uh, he went to the mm. fire the next day and, and passed away. Wow. The very, very next day. So when we went up there to do this hunt, it was six years in the making. And uh, the guy that I went with told me, he goes, uh, hey, we usually don't go. They called it Willow Creek. He goes, Jim, we usually don't go down this Willow Creek. He goes, there's locals that won't go down there. I said, we're going. I said, we're getting this cat. <laughs> so it was uh quite the trek but definitely worth it yeah you know you, you hear that all the time live now because tomorrow's promised to no one absolutely it's, uh, you know when you hear it said from your brother who passed away shortly thereafter that's i, I would have to think you'd take that more to heart than than what most of us tend to do yeah, we just, like last week, I just got back from my first ever bear hunt in Canada, you know, and that's, uh, you know, that's because of him, you know, yeah. my, bro my brothers have shot elk and, and, you know, just any, everything we do now is, I don't want to say in his memory, but, you know, with him on our mind and because we're trying to live out stuff that we know he would have wanted to do. Yeah. Well, and, and like you say, it reminds you that, hey, do it now because you may not have it, may not get next season. That's, I think that's one of my things. If, if next season ever gets here, I, apparently I'm going to hunt like 700 out of 365 days because that's what I always say. Oh, man, next season I'm going to do this. Next season I'm going to do that. So, yeah, definitely tomorrow's never guaranteed. No. Yeah. I had a buddy that told me, you know, he, him and my brother were, he's on the job too, on the fire department. And, uh, he had a 40th birthday party right after my brother passed away. And my brother's birthday was like the day after his or something. And, uh, on his invitation, it said, Hey, let's celebrate 
you know, Rocky's first birthday, but more importantly, let's celebrate the people who wasn't able to make it to 40, you know, and yeah. have a picture with the brother. So yeah, it's definitely not guaranteed. That's nice. And then where, where did you guys grow up? Kansas city, Missouri. Okay. Yeah. And then is, is that where he was on the, on yeah. the fire department? Okay. Yeah. He was on, he actually passed away in the neighborhood we grew up. I mean, maybe a mile and a half from our childhood home. Wow. Yep. Yep. And are, and you're still there? Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. We all still, we all still live here. That makes it nice that everybody's close. Oh yeah. Yep. <clears throat> so you know, tell, Jason, tell me it, about, go ahead. What's it, what's exciting is, um, you know, when you hear about a nonprofit, you're immediately like, well, what do they do? You know, how do they do it? Where do they do it? And um, Jim called me one day and I was like, hey, I got your number off of something for Pope and Young. Would like to work with the club. And I'm like, okay, tell me what you do. And uh, and I immediately bought in. I'm like, wait a second. So you yeah. not only host these events to get kids involved in the outdoors, but then you put your money where your mouth is and you help kids who really want to truly do this for a living. Um, and so, I, it, man, it was it was something incredible for him to call um and, and to look at how they handle themselves to look at what they do and and you know i've seen the events take take place and how big and fun they are and it, it was just something super special and so i i as a as a uh well i i commemorate you guys so keep doing what you're doing i appreciate yeah. it Dylan. yeah so you know, tell me about this lion hunt. Where I don't think you got that done in Missouri. No, we actually. <laughs> uh, it was a couple years in the making. Uh, obviously, it was six years. It took me six years to save up for it. <laughs> but uh, the uh, first year, I bought a tag, like you know, five or six days before I was supposed to go. Uh, the unit I was hunting, the quota got filled, so I had to eat the tag. And um, I guess they had that year. They had a uh, the guy I was hunting with had a bunch of property like two hours west of where he normally hunts. And, uh, they had a wildfire up there and, uh, he called me and goes, Jim, he said, my, my unit, you know, the, the, the quota is filled, but I went down, you know, to this other place and he goes, they had the wildfire and it burned like 400,000 acres or something from a lightning strike. And, uh, he goes, I was down there for three days on, uh, mules and snow machines and everything. He said, I seen one deer print. He said, I didn't see a single line track. He said, well, you can come up this year and try it. He says, but I think, you know, you're, and I said, what are my options? He goes, how about we just schedule it for next year? So it was a two hour wait. So we get up there and, uh, first, uh, first week he had a hunter in and it was a dry ground hunt. So our first day we went out dry ground hunt and, uh, looking at the weather and it was, oh, it's going to snow tonight. So you know, being from very it snows and you wake up and there's a little, you know, snow in the grass and the streets are there, but <laughs> we get up there and wake up and there's two feet of snow. And he's like, this is the weather we're waiting for. So yeah, we ended up, uh, getting on his side by side and you just get up two o'clock in the morning and he's, he uh, actually hunts uh, the land that his wife's family owned, like her great grandparents, they still had their trappers cabins wow. and, homesteads we're driving through their homesteads were built in the 1800s and whatnot you know why we're and he's just got little uh, logging roads basically cut through the sides of these mountains and we would drive about 130 miles a day uh, looking to try to cut a track so on the yeah. third on the third day you know like i said we start two o'clock in the morning on the third day about oh 9 30 in the morning we found our first line track and uh set the dogs out and Nine hours later, <laughs> they had him three. Nine hours. Nine. Wow. Yeah, they they chased him over wow. three minutes. Uh, it was it was a long track. You How know, many miles did you say they 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 chased him? I want to say he ran like fifteen or sixteen miles before he treed. And oh, I, those it, it dogs was earned their keep. Yeah, that, and them dogs. Some of the stuff they went up and down was amazing. I, and I was asking because you know I was totally you know ignorant on lion hunting i just knew i wanted to sh and the guy was like oh yeah he goes this is what we call a runner 
He said, uh, he goes, this doesn't happen very often. He goes, usually it'll, because when we first put out on it, it was sort of flat and sort of open. He goes, oh, we're in a good spot. We're in a good spot. He said, we'll walk up a couple hundred yards and be able to. And I was like, hey, it's right up my alley. I'm fat and old. This is perfect. <laughs> and then, then once we finally got them trained, you know, the dogs, you put the GPS collars on them before you turn them out. And they're, they're running, running. And it, it's just crazy that the actual device, you can see the dog, like, uh, standing up on the tree, so to speak, on his hind legs, you can see the whole pack of dogs in this little GPS device standing on it. He's like, yeah, look, they're treed. And it says all the names of them on the device. So uh, so we we get them, get in the side by side, and we go up to the top of this mountain where this cat trees. And uh, he goes, yeah, it's 363 yards down in this mountain. I said, okay, that ain't bad. But it's so steep that we end up going like two and a half miles to get to that 363 yards. Yeah. It was just, I mean, you know, switch back and back and forth. You can't just walk straight down. What's, what state did you say this was? I missed it. Colorado. Okay. Yeah. Right outside Gibson, Colorado. Gotcha. Up above, uh, yeah. So, so we, we go down in there and, uh, I was, by the time I got down there, I was exhausted. I said, I can't believe going down the mountain. I'm just this tired. So we get down. <laughs> and there. you're, you're looking up and you're like, man, I'm going to have to get back up to the side. by Yeah, that, that's what I was panicking. I told him, I said, hey, man. I says, uh, his name's Dylan, too. I said, Dylan, I says, uh, I'm struggling to get down this hill. I said, he goes, hey, if we have to, we'll get the mules in here. You know, yeah. I said, okay. <laughs> so. Long story short, we get down there, and you know when I deer hunt, if I see a doe walk by my stand, I still sort of, oh, here we go. You know, especially I know if I'm gonna let an arrow fly, and I thought, man, when I see this cat, I'm gonna be just panicking beside myself. And when I saw the cat, I was just like, man, that is so beautiful. I mean, it was just like, wow, there's a mountain lion in that tree, but it never. You know, I, I we filmed it. I had another uh, a fireman buddy uh, film it for me that came along named John Badami. And on the video, I actually was sweating so bad going down that hill. When I pulled my bow back, I said, man, I can't see nothing because my glasses were fogged up. So he actually reached over and pushed my glasses down off my eyes. And I go, oh, I can't geez. see in the video. In the video, you hear me go, I can't see nothing. And the next thing you hear is my release going off and the arrow going. And it just center punched this thing was looking right at us. It center punched us right in the in the in the neck, you know, right. And the rest is history. Huh. Yeah, cool. so we got stayed up there, and it, when I first shot it, it fell down about ten feet, and sort of climbed back up. And Dylan's yelling at me, "Hit it again! Hit it again!" So I shot it again, yeah. and that arrow just complete pass through. Not a, it might still be going, <laughs> but uh. And well, about ten more seconds down to the ground, you know. We had to uh, before you before I shot him, you know, chained all the dogs up, and he told John Badami, he goes, "Hey, get down there and can you get them broadheads out of the out of that cat because uh, we still yeah. had one arrow." So John went down there and took the took the arrow out, and he let them dogs loose and goes down there, and you know, that's the reward is they get to chew on that cat for a couple minutes, and yeah. So then it was picture that- time. Yeah, that when when you see that happen, you're like, "Hey, that's my rug." They're chewing on. Yeah, you know, it, it, <laughs> does, it doesn't hurt it, but <laughs> yeah. you're like, yeah. "That's going well, on the wall." Don't be telling But yeah, they didn't. It was amazing. They didn't take any hair out of or nothing. But they don't let them. You know, they wasn't on on a very just you know 10, 15 seconds. Yeah. But that's that's the reward, and then they'll just sit there and and start watching you. You know, with your pictures and and field dressing and all that stuff. So by this time, it's six o'clock at night. It's getting dark. So Dylan goes, uh, hey, uh, <laughs> not trying to be, what well, hey, he said, but you struggle coming down here. Do you want to go down the rest of the hill or you want to go back up? I said, whatever you think. He goes, well, it's like 900 and something yards down. I said, well, let's try to go down. I'm thinking, okay, you know, it ain't going right. to be that. So we start going and we're now we're packing this cat out. We got, you know, caped out and quartered up and and this that and the other so we get down there and now it's getting dark and the roads washed out so long story short it took us 39 hours to go outside that mountain in minus 16 degree weather and uh when i got back to kansas city i had to go to the burn center because i thought i was going to lose four toes i had hypothermia 
Wow. It was uh, it was an ordeal. And people were like, man, would you do that again? I said, absolutely. That's awesome. hundred percent. I never. You, was, did you eat any of it yet? It was delicious. That's what it I've heard. Delicious. Yeah. That, that gal that was out the uh, convention in, in uh, Reno that shot that big cat. I Shelly, asked her. Uh, Shelly, Shelly Fulton. Fulton. Yeah. 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 I asked her. I says, hey, uh, I says, I'm getting ready to go on a hunt. I says, uh, and everybody's telling me that these cats are good. I says, but I think it's just guys trying to play a trick on me to get me eat this disgusting. <laughs> and she goes, oh, no, it's delicious. And I go, what's it taste like? She goes, it'd be like the best pork chop you ever had. And that's what everybody tells me. They're like, if you didn't know, I made you one and gave it to you, you would think it'd be the best pork chop. And that's what it was. My son-in-law made some we come home. And I, and I, I didn't tell my kids what it was. I was like, hey, we're having steaks or pork chops. <laughs> and they, once I told them, they're like, eh, no. <laughs> you know, I've heard a lot of people, like like at least a dozen or more, that that tell me that, mountain lion is their favorite meat of all i don't know what it is but but i've had a lot of people say that and i guess you know back in the day that's what the mountain men would go for they they'd uh, a lot of the beaver trappers and use those beaver carcasses and then try to try to get cats off of them and then that was their favorite meat over deer and even elk yep i saw somebody post a picture of a mountain lion and this one you know anti-hunter of course piped up and said yeah like you're gonna eat it though you know now we know you're just trophy hunting and the amount of people that came at him saying like you're an idiot if you think he's not gonna eat it because it's the best meat ever i was was, there was like there was like 1300 comments back to that one guy saying yeah of course he's gonna eat it or you've never tried it obviously or i mean just and i'm like wow i need to try some yeah Yeah, it's good i still got something here dylan well let's get you some you're not too far I'll be there in a minute. Yeah. I can be there by dinner. Yeah. <laughs> whenever, whenever we started all this, uh, I've never been a social media guy. I'm, you know, a little bit older guy. I'm 56 now. So I never, and my daughters, I got four daughters as well. And, uh, my second oldest daughter's like, dad, if you want to, you know, get the word about the scholarship, you need to get on social media. And I'm like, there's no. So she said, well, I'll tell you what, I'll do it. And then, I'll just make you a mediator on it, so to speak. And it's actually in my name. So whenever I post something, it says it's my wife posting it. And uh, she was right. I mean, this social media, as you guys know, it's, you know, how you get people involved in it. And I am fortunate enough that we have so many people that, that support us that there's, I would say half of them are, aren't hunters, but they're not anti-hunters. And uh, there's only been two. Two incidents since I've posted going on six years that somebody has made a negative comment. Uh, I had a guy, um, I have a friend of mine that shot a zebra and uh, his wife posted it. And one of her friends, you know, on Facebook, how it works is her friends can see what she, he posted on there. I wish the zebra would have had a gun. And I, you know, I replied, sir, uh, you know, this, if you don't like hunting, why would you get on a page? It's called 363 Hunt Club. You know, I said, that just don't make sense to me. And the guy goes, you know what? I'm sorry. I apologize. So that was that. And then I had one person when I shot the cat that he didn't like it. Yeah. But well, other than nothing but support. It's, you know, the, the sad thing I got is. A, I remember the first time I got a hate comment. I was pumped. I'm like, babe, I've got haters. Yeah, I've made it. <laughs> yeah, this guy, you know, it's, they just have no clue, but they, you know, they, it's like, you know, they don't know what conservation of where the money comes from or, or what would no. happen here. Population went unregulated or, or anything, you know, to the predator population. Like now they're trying to, when I was in college, they're trying to reintroduce wolves up there and these these ranchers and stuff up there are just losing their minds they're like man these wolves wreaked havoc here when when they were here you know they said yeah. we were lucky eradicated so to speak but he goes now they want to reintroduce them and they're they're protesting and trying to sign bills and petitions and everything to keep it from happening and people oh you killed the wolf 
Well, you know, you have to sometimes to, to keep, you know, the, there's people whose jobs are to dictate how many deer you can kill or how many, you know, what the population to be type of thing. I had lunch well, the other day with a, a friend of mine. He's, I believe he's 91 years old. And we started talking about people who are anti hunters and anti meat and, and, you know, vegetarians. And, and he said, that's all fun and games and that's cute. But if you did that when I was a kid, you just died. Like you were, you, you didn't make it. Yeah. You know, if you didn't believe in killing the pigs out back, if you didn't believe in going and slaughtering a cow, if you didn't believe in hunting for your food, you just died when I was a kid. Like there was no running to the store and buying your vegan nuggets and your, your vegetarian yep. yeah. hamburgers and your, you, you would have just died. And, and yeah. that's the and end of it. You know how, why is it that, you know, with vegans or vegetarians or, or whatever they, they are nowadays i i don't even know if i know the difference anyway what is it that they're all of their stuff they try to get to taste like meat how are yeah. they gonna know if it tastes like chicken they're like yeah. oh here's a vegan chicken burger how do you know if you don't eat chicken how do you know if yeah. it tastes like chicken it That's can right. taste like a frog or like a yeah. mushroom or some other like something you stepped in and out in the yard it's like yeah. they don't have any idea oh here's a vegan hamburger if you're a vegan, why do you want to pretend to have a hamburger? Why do you, you guys eat vegan see, bacon? I saw a post. It was Remy Warren, and he said, you know, there's all this hype around uh, plant-based meats. And he's like, I think it's time that we have meat-based plants. And, no and he, he formed he formed carrots out of meat and, like, dyed them orange and, like, put put garnish on top. And he's like, here we have it, the meat-based carrot. And, and he's like, this is the best carrot, carrot I've ever had. And he like yeah. opens up his freezer and like it like sentimental music plays. He's like, just think, one day all this meat can be veggies. <laughs> and it was a funny video, man. Yeah, I just I don't get it. I mean, the people that don't agree with it, like you see more guys like us, more I see more guys bow hunters, uh busting guys chops that are crossbow hunters than I do hunters protesting vegans or whatnot you know yeah. uh, we just leave them be so i wish they would leave us be if you don't like yeah. it don't do it you know i like well, they don't have any it. yeah they don't you know we you think of the effort that we put into hunting and fishing you know rigging rods and and sighting in bows and and tuning bows and you know fletching arrows and all the things you do, getting boats and vehicles and bikes and ATVs and deer stands and turkey blinds and all this stuff ready all year long. It's 12 months a year to most of us. Oh, yeah. It's not It's not just something we go do a couple of weekends a year. A lot of us, it is 24-7, 365. Oh, yeah. And those guys, what are they going to do? They don't have any hobbies. What yeah, is their hobby? Hard. Watching TV? That's what gets me. You know? Like, I sit back and I think, man, I've spent, you know, hundreds of hours in the tree stand. What's this guy doing? You know, what's he playing, you know, Lord of the Rings in his mom's basement or something while I'm doing this? Yep. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't like that. Let's see. Yeah. He probably has the newest video game and probably the highest, you know, nicest yeah. video game playing computer that, you know, the government bought him while he sat there. Yeah not working yeah yep. that's know. one what's, not, that's one thing good about the covid when everybody was sitting around a lot of people into the outdoors i have a lot of people around here i actually have a neighbor lady that uh she uh started hunting and shooting and stuff there, she's from california actually and she's got uh three sons and daughter and she does the uh her and her daughter's been on a couple hunts like women's hunts and her her son's uh went to have a couple of our archery camps that we do and now he shot his first deer last year and this that and the other so it's it's neat that you know that's one good thing i can say came from the covid uh is yeah. that people actually got because my life really didn't change you know people are like oh what are you gonna do i'm like i'm gonna go hunting or i'm gonna go sit out in the boat by myself like i normally do or with with my buddy that yeah. doesn't really care if i cough or not <laughs> I'll tell you what, yeah. my favorite part was all the people who didn't like wild game. And then when Walmart didn't have any meat, they're calling you saying, oh, yeah. hey, you wouldn't happen to have any yeah. uh, meat, would you? Yeah, imagine that. No. They didn't like wild game. Yeah. yeah. 
I got all the broccoli you can eat, though. Yeah. Come and get Don't it. You got some grass in your yard? Go gnaw yeah. on that for a while. So, well, now that you cross this lion off your list, what's what's next up? What's on the top of that bucket list, Jim? Well, the the top of it is a grizzly bear. Um, uh, but that's a little bit expensive and this, that, and the other. So, but my next actual planned hunt is an antelope. I'm going antelope at the end of August. Nice. But I got to do that this year and, and had a lot of fun doing that. Yeah. It seems like it's fun. Yeah. What state are you headed to? South Dakota. Okay. Very nice. Yeah. I got a buddy up there that he actually put me on a, uh, Miriam's turkey a couple of years ago and he's he's got a little bit of uh property I'd say up there and he's like yeah if you want to come up here he goes you want to come up here and sit in the blind all day over a water hole he goes I'll put you on some antelope he said I just can't do it like we was turkey hunting yeah and we'd be in the blind for 45 minutes and he was just fidgety he goes I just cannot sit in this blind <laughs> I said you know, bother it's, me, yeah some people can't do that and and if you ever want to know what somebody's like you sit on an airplane next to them because i you know i sit on an airplane i stay in my i'm out i'm a pretty big guy barely fit in the seat anyway so i like to stay in my lane stay you know from the center of the armrest in and and i don't move and then you get some people there and they're just yeah they they don't stop for five hours I, i went to to the east coast not too long and i sat next to a guy who it, it, either his leg was shaking or he's moving his hands or, uh, and I'm just like, you're just like, can't you just sit still for five you're, minutes for five and a half hours? He did that. You offer him some medicine. So here, man. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was just, I'm like, why don't you calm down? You know, maybe you shouldn't have had 14 cups of coffee before you jump on an airplane. Yeah. It, no was, kidding. it was terrible. So yeah, some people just, are not meant to sit in a blind. They just have to get up and go. And that's good. I mean, that's why there's oh, yeah. all kinds of different ways to hunt. Yeah, this guy here, he, him and he's got two sons. One of them actually uh, uh, was going to Baylor, and he was our, college, our scholarship recipient last year. And these guys have killed it all. I mean, he's got his youngest son, I think, is either a junior or a senior in high school. But junior high school, they've already shot mule deer, whitetail, elk bears mountain lions and i mean he's a hunting fool but he just cannot sit in a blind yeah speaking of speaking of not sitting in a blind you went on that lion hunt and imagine how difficult it was jack frost shared with us that his next goal is to shoot a mountain lion without dogs just spot and stalk mountain lions wow well i I don't know know it's possible well i when i checked up there you got to check your lion in with the conservation department you got to call them and we was actually coming back to missouri on a sunday so we called them and uh, they had the guy meet us at the conservation office he had no and they pull a, a tooth out of the back of the lion's mouth to age it and then they look at it and you know see like if it was a, uh, a female they'd look at its uh, teeth to see if they were black see if it had a had a litter or whatnot and they just do all kind of you know this that and the other just to try to you know know what they're being harvested up there but they have a guy call me like two weeks after to hey how was your experience uh what'd you think uh colorado blah 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 and that's what this old boy does and he does it he says yeah he goes i'll track that thing for two or three days just track it through the snow with no dogs or nothing and he's bow hunting i was like oh, wow. just like Jack frost but yeah he goes man it's i was like man i'll tell you what I barely could did it with the dogs. I don't know how you do it on yeah. you know, bow hunting by yourself, tracking them for three days. Yeah, because they're if if you ever see them, those things can. Move, I mean, flat out, move, just walking, they just they just go, and yep. they you know it's not like a deer and elk where they you know take take a few steps, stop, nibble some brush. Those those cats, they're just on the move. They're on the prowl. Yep. They cover a lot of ground. Oh yeah! Wow. So grizzlies up next. Well, yeah, antelopes up next, but then yeah. Well, you know who? Uh, I met another guy there, old Frank Nasca. Me and he, he's got a, he's got a farm down by us, and uh, I've actually 
doing some work on his truck and stuff. I got a buddy, a mechanic. We've done a couple of things. He's got a truck that he lives here in Kansas City. And when he fly, flies in, uh, you know, he's a pilot. So when he flies in, he uh, goes down and hunts his farm and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, I'm trying to get him to point me in the right direction to get this uh, grizzly bear hunt taken care of. Well, that's, yeah. If anybody that's, can point you in the right direction, it's probably him. I was going to say, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. guy, guy's working on his third grand slam with the bow. I, that's like, uh, I'm trying to think that's, that's like, you know, getting tips from Babe Ruth on how to hit a oh, baseball. Yeah. That's what I tell so, him. And you guys, you know how he is, you know, like when I first talked to him, like, man, I, I, it's hard to believe I'm talking to you, man. I said, I, you know, known who you were for a long and he just, just a regular guy. And he's like, what are you in? Like, hey, yeah. When I come down, we'll hunt this, that, and other. I'm like, holy cow. <laughs> yeah. and yeah, it's, a, you know it, and it's the difference there is frank just makes choices in life for how to how to get out in the field more how to hunt more oh, yeah where, you know opportunities at more tags and it's you have to respect somebody who's you know literally moves to alaska to allow themselves more hunting opportunities in a year you gotta yeah, appreciate got- that He's definitely all in when it comes to bow hunting. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's another guys, level of commitment. Yeah, you guys probably know the story. You know, he 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 goes. We was talking one day, and he goes, "Yeah." He goes, "You know, I tell the people that you know I'll go up on these bear hunts by myself on Kodiak <laughs> Island." He says, "I'll take my boots off and I'll stock on these bears to you know however close he's getting to them with no side arm or nothing." He goes, "Yeah." He goes, "That's probably not the best story to be telling somebody because if they try to do it, they might be in trouble." So yeah, he's he's definitely hardcore. That's yeah. I it's interesting because because five years ago before I came to Pope and Young, the thought of taking a brown bear with a bow for me, and I've been a long time bow hunter, but I also rifle hunt and I'll use a shotgun, kind of any open I'm the any open season guy. Oh yeah. I won't use a crossbow, but anything else is okay. And um, if you'd have said, hey, what do you think about shooting a, you know, huge 10-foot brown bear with your bow? And I'd have been like, I I just five years ago, I think I'd have been like, no, thanks. I'm good. You know, 100 yards is close enough. A couple hundred yards with the, you know, 300 or 375, that's okay. And then you talk to people. You know, you talk to the Frank Noskas and you talk to these guys who are out doing it and they just love it. And I got to tell you, all of us, I don't know, it's at the top of my list, but it's definitely on my list where it never was before. Just because of the intensity of of how how people just just love it. Yeah, it's. I mean, yeah, just anything. I mean, it's just, you know, like something you're born with now. I mean, you just, you know, like you said, whatever open season it is. Yeah. You know, but I'm to, I'm like, yeah, I'm to the point where, you know, I, I just want to do something that I haven't done before. You know, yeah. I mean, I like, like I said earlier, I still, if I see a doe walk by my stand, I still get fired up and, and, you know, amped up to, if I think I'm going to shoot her, but I just want to expand my, you know, horizon, so to speak, and just try to shoot as many species as I can, if that sounds right. Yeah. Yes, we had uh, John Fossil on from uh, Jack Creek Preserve, and and he talked all about the hunting the dangerous game, and that's, you know, lions and and big bears and stuff like that. That's it, it, when you hear people that are that into it talk about it, it definitely gets you thinking. So, yep. well, that's good. Well, if uh, what would have been on the top of John's list, he would have wanted to do an elk. An elk, okay. Never got a chance. Nope, never got okay. a chance. The year after he passed, uh, my brother Mike put in for his first ever elk uh, draw. And he actually got picked and he, he shot one that year right nice. after the following year after John passed. And that was, he called me on the phone and it was pretty emotional. I mean, just, you know, he couldn't hardly talk. He was, in, you know, so shook up and tears were flowing and stuff like that. But 
yeah, it was it was a neat deal. So that's on my list too, just because it was on John's. But I just yeah, we'll see. man, it's it's chasing elk's pretty fun. I'm not I'm okay. not gonna lie, it's it's a good time. Yep, I can only so, imagine hearing one of them yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, hearing bugling only the the problem with the elk as opposed to say a mountain lion is you get one of those 900 yards from the truck and you feel it because they're big and heavy and it takes you and your buddies all to get that thing out hopefully in one trip but yeah it's i was uh, watching an elk hunting man, video got, on on my tv the other day i don't even think anything about it but i had to like go out and take the trash out or something and i come back like 45 minutes later and it had just skipped to the next video and the next video. And my son is just sitting there just watching. And the video that came up was like, it was like 20 elk kills in 20 minutes. So it was literally just elk ripping their heads off, you know, bugling and then an arrow going through them. My son just sitting there enamored. And I'm like, yes, he's hooked. <laughs> <My man. laughs> he just sat and watched for an hour of just elk dying. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. that's what I'm talking about. Daddy's boy. <laughs> yeah. See, I see, I see an elk. I couldn't do that because I see an elk dive, and all the all I'm thinking is, oh my gosh, the work has just begun. Yeah, because that's yeah. what it is. You know, as soon, as soon as you release that arrow, man, it's nothing but work for the rest of the night. Yeah, it's right here. It's a it's a task getting them out of there. Yeah, and it's uh, I used to hunt a ranch over in Eastern Oregon, and and people be like, wow, it must be nice to hunt the ranch and. I don't know that the hunting was actually ever any better where we were as opposed to, you know, a few miles away on, on national forest public land. I think you could do very similar things in, in both scenarios. The difference was you could get at least a four wheeler to within a hundred yards of anywhere on this ranch. And man, when you're getting an elk out that, that makes, that was worth the That was worth what we paid to be in there right there. Guarantee so. it. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, Jim, we, we really appreciate what you're doing um, with the scholarship program. It, it's something really unique. I love the outdoor aspect to it. You know, the conservation, the, the wardens, the, the folks that are like that and, uh, and having something specifically set up for them, I think is fantastic. So I commend you for the work you're doing and I'm just proud to be associated with you as is Pope and Young. So. Well, I appreciate it, Jason. It means a lot. Uh, I said, just, you know, trying to pass along what, what I grew up loving to do. And, and, you know, I was the guy that when we started this, uh, you know, I just basically hunted with my friends and nephews and, and now, you know, I wasn't the guy that said, Oh, you know, some kid that I know in a different state or whatever, you know, we've done a couple hunts with, with, uh, kids, uh, you know, me and my brother done some guided turkey hunts and, uh, you know, I was like, ah, you know, some kid that I don't, his parents don't hunt and he wanted to go on a hunt and I'm going to guide him and it's not going to really affect me, but doing these hunts and being successful and watching these kids, you know, like harvest their first turkey and, and the, the smile on their face is just, it's just it hits you. I mean, it's like holy cow! This is this kid's addicted, and I'm I'm yeah. part of the and that he's going to be doing this forever. So yeah, it's well worth it. It's well worth it. Yeah, I you know I've seen that with with kids. I've also seen that same type of thing when you get grown adults on hunts that they never expected to be on. And you can just tell that their mind has been blown and the same thing. They're addicted and they want to come back next year. So well, I'll tell you what, we'll see if we can't work together and, uh, and do something, something special coming up here in Reno next year um, in conjunction with you guys. I think that might be neat. We'll, we'll get with Dylan and do some brainstorming. Sounds good. My friend. You're not All right. Hey, your question. Jim, are you Jason? I might have almost. Dude, you know? I can't let you do that. Can't do it. We've done it on every episode. I just now got I get a little sidetracked because this is something, you know, this it's just something different. 
you know, and it's unique and, and I like it. And so I just wanted to hear all about it, but all right, Jim, the one question we ask everybody on our show is when you find yourself up on the mountain or in a tree stand, when you're out hunting, what is one non-traditional type item that you like to have with you? Holy cow. That's a hard one. Uh, what I carry now that I never have, I carry a coin in my pocket. A, uh, it has my brother's picture on it. We have challenge coins made. If that's, nice. that counts. That one counts. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. My good luck charm. I'm always, I always take him out in the field with me. That's good. We will take that. So, and you know what? Not everybody has a challenge going for their, for their brother, the hero fireman. Yeah, absolutely. So, I like that. I would not accept vegan bacon. That is an answer we will not accept. <laughs> and I would not eat we'll, it. Yeah, <laughs> we, we will accept bacon. In fact, that is probably one given. of my favorite answers to date. But we will not accept vegan bacon under any circumstances. Will, I will, however, accept meat-based veggies, if that's something you Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You know, carrot-shaped hamburgers, absolutely. Remy, yeah. if, if you're listening, uh, you know what? Let's uh, let's do those in Reno. Yeah. That's going to be our – we'll have a veggie barbecue. for. Welcome. That's going to be Wednesday night kickoff. Yes, our Wednesday kickoff. Heck yeah, we're gonna have grilled veggies like carrots and i don't know what else you can shape meat into that looks like vegetables but i'm i'm good with that love it so well, hey Jim, thanks so much hey can't can't wait to see you uh here that's coming up before you know it but uh Absolutely. anyway have a good one we'll keep in touch thanks so much for all you're doing out there great program uh, can i say one more thing if uh Anybody out there listening has any children that are looking for any financial assistance or hunts or whatnot or or would care to donate or whatever the case may be. Uh, we, like I said, we're 100% nonprofit, 501c3. They can either go to johnvmesh.org and reach out to us, and, and we can send them an application for scholarships or whatnot. Or on social media, we are 363 Hunt Club. Uh, 363 being John's badge number. Uh, you can get in contact with us on, on that as well or or follow that on social media and find out everything that we're doing. Absolutely love it. And then we have a hot link uh, directly to you guys from our website as well in our Beautiful. partner section. So they can, they can pull you up and it'll say the John V. Mesh and they just click on it. It goes right to your page. So Absolutely. anyway, Jim, thank you. Thanks so much for being here. We appreciate the support and uh, love what you're doing. So thank you very much. Thank you, guys. I like everything Pope and Young does, man. Can't get enough of that bow hunting.